can allow you to be here just one more time. Amen. God has been good. Has God been good to anybody out there? Come on, put those hands together. Has he been good to you? Amen. We thank God for his goodness and his mercy and his kindness. Amen. And for each of you who've come to share with us on this morning, amen. God has been good to us and we're grateful for his goodness. Amen. And we're going quickly to the word of the Lord, but today is Communion Sunday. Amen. Why don't you put those hands together? It's Communion Sunday. Amen. We pray that you have made preparations to participate with us. Amen. As we participate in Communion Sunday on this morning. Amen. And we want to give God the glory, the honor, and the praise. We're thankful to him for the great sacrifice that he made for us at Calvary. And we're thankful for each of you coming to share with us and commemorate that on today. Amen. If you'll bow your heads, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day, for this moment, for this time, for this season. Lord, we pray that you watch over us and guide us and lead us, Lord, even in these moments. Lord, strengthen us, Lord, as we deliver your word to your people. Lord, allow your word to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In Christ's name we pray, amen, and God bless you. We're going quickly to the word of the Lord. If you will follow us in John, the ninth chapter, and we'll be looking at verses one through seven. Again, that's John, the ninth chapter, and we'll be looking at verses one through through seven. As you continue to look, I'll be reading that from the English Standard Version, John, St. John chapter nine, verse one. And the word of the Lord says, as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, go wash in the pool of Shalom which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. And the word of the Lord is blessed. I want to talk to you for a few moments from the thought of pain. I want to talk to you about pain. And I want to talk to you about pain because one of the problems that we have in the medical world, and particularly physically, is the problem of misdiagnosed pain. That's a real problem in the medical community where they think that the pain is being caused by one thing and therefore they treat it based on what they think they should do. But then later they find out they have diagnosed the wrong problem. And as a result, they have put you on the wrong treatment plan. Sometimes it's a, such an issue that people have had been on unnecessarily harmful medications because of misdiagnosed pain. Some people have even gone through surgeries because of misdiagnosed pain. And some people, unfortunately, because they could not find a resolution to their situation, have ended their own lives because of misdiagnosed pain. 
So I want to talk to you today, not only as a person, not only as people and Christians, but I want to talk to you about how we can understand the purpose of our pain. And for this purpose, I want to talk about five different types of pain. There could be millions, but for today, for our purpose, I want to talk to you about five different types of pain. The first type of pain that I want to talk to you about is adjustment pain. Adjustment pain. And by adjustment pain, I mean that is what is required to reduce or remove this pain. You simply need to make an adjustment. When I think of adjustment pain, I think of the tag that's in the back of your collar, the tag that's in your shirt, or the tag that's in your sweater that's very annoying. What you don't do is you don't throw it away, but you remove the tag, you cut it off, you wear an item of clothing underneath that, you make an adjustment. Similar today, like on, when it comes to our, our sound system, there might be a whine, there, something might be too low or something might be too high. You don't toss the, the multi-thousand dollar system in the trash can. <laughs> no. You make an adjustment. And sometimes in our lives, we have pains and they come along for the purpose of us making an adjustment. We don't need to throw the thing away, and we don't even need to move. We'll get to moving pain later. But we simply need to make an adjustment. One thing that I want you to do is make sure that you don't throw something away when God desires that you make an adjustment. When I think about it, I think about Jacob. Remember Jacob, he was wrestling with the angel. And while he was wrestling with the angel... He got his hip came out of joint and the angel had done so intentionally. The angel did so to create this pain so that Joseph, so that Jacob would give up, so that Jacob would quit. That was the intention of creating that pain. And you have to understand that some of the pains that you have are not just what God permits, but sometimes it's the devil creating a pain where you simply need to make an adjustment, but his purpose is to make you quit. The thief cometh but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But God said, but I've come that you might have a life and that you might have it more abundantly. What the devil is trying to do is rob you of what God is trying to give you by sending you an adjustment pain, but instead of making an adjustment, you simply quit. When I think of adjusting pain, I think of a television show, I, some of you may have watched it, it's called Everybody Hates Chris. On that particular show, the actress Tachina Arnold, who's playing the character Rochelle, she has a husband who has multiple jobs. As a result of him having multiple jobs, she feels that they have all the income that they need in the house. So every now and then again, she'll go work a job, but she doesn't think it's necessary. So if any little thing happens while she's on that job, she immediately quits. If a customer raises their voice to her while she's trying to help them, she's like, my husband got two jobs. I don't need this. And then she quits. If the supervisor looks at her funny, are you looking at me funny? I don't need this job. I'm just going to quit. I hope you all don't act like that. But what could have easily being taken care of with an adjustment, she rather quits. 
moves. She throws the whole situation away when all it needed was an adjustment. And the important thing, again, is in, in, in diagnosing our pain. Let's make sure that we don't misdiagnose our pain when all God wants us to do is make an adjustment. Make an adjustment. Because that's how God blesses you. God blesses you often according to your ability to make adjustments. When you ask God for a blessing, I say oftentimes you ask God for a tree, he might send you a seed. And then it's your job to make the adjustment. You need to plant the seed. You need to water the seed. You need to grow the seed. He has answered your prayer, but it requires an adjustment to get to your blessing. Just because there's a little extra effort involved in getting to where God wants you to go, baby, don't throw the whole process away. Don't you understand? That's the plan of the devil. He wants you to get so frustrated that you throw away a path that leads you to God's blessing, that you abandon the path, that you're so frustrated that you no longer follow it, that you give up on something that God, you know, there are so many things we talk about where people, you know, that you go to these antique shops and you go to these stores and and you go to these yard sales. And a lot of times there are people who know what they're doing. They'll go to particular sales and they'll pick up things that the person who's giving it away doesn't recognize how valuable it is. If they simply made an adjustment, Sometimes they just need to clean it up a little bit. Sometimes they need to let, let it take it to a professional to let them work on it. Sometimes they just need a little sanding and sometimes it needs a little stain. But they're throwing away something that shouldn't be thrown away, but all it needs is an adjustment. And I praise God that he didn't throw me away. <laughs> praise God that, that when I was in sin, he didn't cast me out. He didn't throw me away, but he understood that Larry needed an adjustment, that my heart needed to be adjusted. My mind needed to be changed. My, my, my priorities needed to be reordered. I wasn't, I was destined for hell, but God didn't throw me away. He knew I needed an adjustment. One, so one type of pain is an adjustment pain. Another type of pain is what I call a moving pain. And it's important that you don't confuse the adjustment pain with the moving pain. When you think of a moving pain, I want you to think of your hand being on a stove that is hot. Think of that. In that situation, you you don't need an adjustment. You need to move. (laughs) You you don't need to pray. (laughs) You need to move. You don't need to fast. Come on. (laughs) You need to move. And some of you all are hungry fasting and praying over situations where God told you to move. Because if you're fasting and God has already told you to move, you're just dieting. I don't care how long you fast. You can fast for 40 days and 40 nights. But if God told you to move, you're just dieting. Because you need to fast and pray inside God's will. Remember, I told you on the cruise ship, they'll give you everything they can that's on the ship. What they're not going to do is turn around and get back, go back to the shore to get something that's not on the ship. The same is with God. When we're operating inside his will, everything in his will that's on the ship is accessible and available to us as long as we pray 
inside his will. So when you start praying outside his will and you're fasting, you're just making yourself hungry. When you're praying and you're not inside his will, you're just wasting your time. Because he's telling you to move and you're trying to pray against God's will. That's why we said Jesus, Jesus himself found himself in that situation in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, Lord, if it be thy will, if he's Lord, he said, if, he, if you can, allow this cup to pass from me. But then he said, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus himself understood that it, would, it was too much. It was purposeless to continue to pray if it was not inside God's will. Sometimes you don't need an adjustment. Sometimes you need to move. But some of us, not literally, but spiritually and emotionally, we're standing with our hand on the oven. And the oven is burning our hand. But we continue to do it. We continue to pray. We continue to fast. Some of us even have the audacity to say, Lord, why are you putting me through this? God, why, why do you have me in this situation? And God is saying, I don't have you in that situation. I already told you what I need you to do. I need you to move. And if we don't follow the instruction of God, we're suffering needlessly if we don't follow his will. If we don't do what he tells us to do. It's like Jonah. We always say that Jonah went through an unnecessary storm. He moved, but he moved in the wrong direction. God told him to go to Nineveh. He decided to go to Tarshish. So he's suffering. And not only was he suffering, but everybody that was on the boat with Jonah was suffering because he was not operating according to God's will. So we're not just hurting ourselves. We're hurting our families. We're hurting those around us when we continue to buck against God's will. You keep your hand on the stove, so then eventually your hand is burned. you got to go to the hospital. Other people have to take care of you because you have a useless hand because you refuse to move. And then you want prayer. Lord, I, and then you feel sorry for yourself. Lord, I, I don't know why I'm always going through this. I, I know you're hard-headed. Let's, let's be honest with ourselves. We're, we're hard-headed. We don't, we don't move when God tells us to move. We don't do what God tells us to do. And when we suffer the consequences, we want pity. But God doesn't participate in our pity parties. God told, Samuel, he to, God told Samuel to tell Saul, he said, Do I have as great delight in sacrifices as I do in obedience? It is better to obey than to sacrifice. I need you to be obedient to what I say. Jesus said, this said, Jesus, who are your friends? Jesus said, my friends are those who do what I say. Those who are obedient to my word, those are my friends. And he said, and if you want to be my child, he said, my sheep hear my voice. And a stranger, they will not heed. We have to be obedient. I don't care what they tell you. You can name it and claim it, nab it and grab it, whatever. If you're not obedient, you're outside God's will. And you cannot be blessed until you are obedient to what he says. So in understanding our, our pain, we have to be obedient to God's prescriptions. We have to be obedient to God's instructions. We have to be obedient to God's word when he tells us what to do. And sometimes, somebody say sometimes, he's telling us to move telling us to move. Don't continue to stand there and suffer needlessly. Because they, they often tell you insanity is that 
when you expect different results while you're doing the same thing? While your hand is sitting on that stove burning and you're praying and shouting and fasting and bubbling at the mouth, all you had to do was move. You had to move. It doesn't matter how much you shout if you're disobedient. Let me, you can't, you, the, people say, I'm going to praise my way through. You can't praise your way through disobedience. You can praise your way through situations that the devil has presented. You can't praise your way through your own disobedience. You have to be obedient. Some of you pray, I need a word from the Lord. God said you didn't listen last time. I already gave you a word, and the word is what I gave you six months, a year ago. It's move. And because you didn't obey that word, you're still suffering. Somebody help me say, say, you can't praise your way through disobedience. God doesn't want me to stay in situations also that move me further from him. God doesn't desire that I receive things that cause me to be further from his will, which above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. God's prospering plan does not involve me getting further away from him. He wants me to stay close to him. So anything that is in enmity between me and having a close relationship with God is a plan of the devil. No matter how good it looks. If it gets in the way of my relationship with God and it can look attractive to our human eyes, if it gets in the way of my relationship with God, then it is a plan of the devil. Come on in here now. If that if that good looking man, that good looking woman take me further away from God, it looks good to my eyes. It it feels good in my body. But it's a plan of the devil. Because it's taking me further away from God. God won't provide me a blessing that takes me far away from him. The blessings of the Lord make it rich and add in no sorrow with it. He's not going to cause me to lose my salvation for companionship. I'm not going to lose my salvation over getting a new car or a new house. I'm not going to lose my salvation over getting a new job or a promotion. So if something is being presented to me that is attractive, but yet it takes me further away from him, it's nothing but a ploy of the devil. And the devil is bold. We know the devil tempted Jesus. Jesus went 40 days and 40 nights out into the wilderness. And while he was out there, the devil himself came to tempt Jesus and said, if you just cast yourself down, he said, a, a legion of angels will come and, get, and, and, and take you up. He said, and then he quoted scripture to him. He said, because the angels will not allow thy foot to dash against the stone. He said, if you will bow down and worship me right here, he said, I'll give you all that you see and uh, that all you see before you. The devil, if he's bold enough to, to tempt Jesus, don't you think he'll tempt us? And he's not going to tempt you with stuff you don't like. Come on in here now. He's going to tempt you with stuff you like. Come on now. In fact, if you see things that aren't good for you, but they look good, you need to start questioning and discerning. Am I in the right place? Have I prayed about this? And you know, particularly those you know who eat, everything that's bad for you looks good. 
And it's cheaper. It's cheaper to eat bad than it is to eat good. Come on now. And that's just how temptation works. It's more accessible. It's easier to get. It's faster for the devil to bring you the wrong answer before you get the right one. You need to be more specific in your prayers. God, you send me the person that you have for me. Don't just be saying, send a man, Lord. Send a man. You just pray, send a man. The devil has plenty of them for you. And they'll show up faster. They're more accessible. And they'll look good. But you have to be careful. I think I had a, got a witness out here. You have to be careful. Because if you're not careful, you will find yourself indulging in something that takes you further away from God. God will never, God will never send you anything that takes you further from him. That's just not how God works. So you have to understand in those situations where it's time to move. And not, but, but you also have to discern. We talked about adjustment pain. We talked about moving pain. But let me take you here as I'm getting older. And uh, shout out to my brother. It's his birthday this day, so he's getting older too. As I get a little older, I recognize there are situations where I want to move, but I might need help. I see, bo- I see boxes, Brother George, that I used to just, when I was a young man, I'd scoop them up and I'd carry them wherever they needed to be carried. As I get older, I look at them more a minute. I'm like, that looks, that looks kind of heavy. I might need to get a dolly. I might need to get a strap. I might need to get some more help. It needs to be moved, but I can't do it by myself. God wants me to move in this situation, but I can't do it by myself. I might need help. David said, I'll look to the hills from which cometh my help, because all of my help comes from the Lord. So maybe this isn't an adjustment pain. Maybe this isn't a moving pain. Maybe this is a cry for help pain. Maybe this is a pain that was sent by God for the purpose of me calling directly on him. When I think about this, when I think about it just practically, when if you get if you're getting heart attack pains, that's not adjustment. That's not moving pain, baby. You better call somebody for help. That is a call for help type of pain. And similarly, God sends situations in our lives where his desire is that we simply get down on our knees and call for him and cry out to him. He doesn't desire us to call on anybody else, and that's the problem. Sometimes we call on others when he sends this type of pain, but we need to be discerning, be able to understand what God is wanting from me in this moment is that he is wanting me to call on him. He's wanting me to depend upon him. He's wanting me to lean on him just a little bit more. He's wanting me to trust him. Paul says, he said, I, he said, I had in my, in my flesh a thorn. And when I perceived the thorn that was in my flesh, I cried unto the Lord three times, Lord, remove the thorn. And God said unto me and spoke to me and sent a messenger and said, my grace is sufficient for thee. Strength is made perfect in, in, in weakness. Well, what he's saying is that this is a time for you to learn to trust me. This is a time for you to learn to depend upon me. 
And, and, and the thing is, if I do not learn the lesson and the purpose of my pain, then I'm bound to repeat the same lesson. I'm bound to repeat the same storm. I'm bound to remain in that trial because I did not learn the lesson that was emanating from my pain. What God was trying to get me to do was to trust him. He's trying to get me to trust him. And if God is trying to get me to trust him, then even if I feel like the pain is over, the lesson will return. Let me give you that. Even when it seems like the pain has been relieved, if I don't learn what I need to learn out of this storm, then the lesson will come right back at me. It's coming. Somebody say it's coming back. It's coming back. Why am I still here, Lord? Why am I still dealing with this, Lord? Why am I still working on this? That means I have not learned the lesson that was coming from this pain. So maybe God just relieved me, but that doesn't mean I learned the lesson. So that means the lesson has to come back until I get it. Because he's going to keep sending the thorn until I trust him. I'm still going to feel it, the impact of the thorn until I trust him. No matter what situation I find myself in, yeah, I might even experience some success, but the thorn is still there because I have not learned the lesson that God wants me to trust him. And until I learn to trust him, the thorn remains. And until I learn to trust him, the storm may have passed, but it's going to circle right back because I have not learned to trust him. That's all God's saying. And I, I'm not trying to destroy you. I'm not trying to devastate you. I don't desire that you continuously live in pain. What I want you to understand, though, is that you need to trust me. And I've challenged myself in this, and I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I've challenged myself in the amount of things that I trust God for because I found that there are many things that we can become dependent on, on ourselves if things are going well. That check keeps coming, so you're dependent on the job. The relationship looks good, so you think everything is all right. You feel good in your body, so you're not leaning and depending on God. But, but what, what we should do, that's what James tells us, and I understand now why the older saints would say this. James said, told us, we shouldn't say I'm going there and I'm going here and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But he said, if God allows. What he's saying is, I've learned that my dependency is not on my car, it's not on my house, it's not on my job, it's not on my health. But my dependency every day, when things are bad or when things are good, it's always on God. So if God allows me to see tomorrow, I'm going to thank you. If God allows me to go to work, Lord, I thank you. Lord, Lord, if I make it home safely, Lord, I, I, I'm thanking you because I want you to understand that my dependency is not on luck, it's not on my car, it's not on myself, but it's always totally and dependably on you. I trust you. So I think I can make it through tomorrow. 
not because I'm so smart and not because of who I am, but because I trust God. Whatever storms are coming in my direction, it's not because of my own education or my own proficiency or my own spirituality, but it's because I completely trust in God. I'm learning every day more and more to trust him. And the best way to show God how much you trust him is to remember what he's already done and praise him for what he's done. Lord, Lord, I, I thank you because, come on, Mother Snelling, you didn't have to do it, but you did. But Lord, I, I just want to say I, I thank you. I, I don't have to be here right now feeling as good as I feel. I don't have to be here right now sitting in my right mind, but Lord, it's only because of your grace and mercy that I'm here right now. Lord, I just want to say, Lord, I Could have been gone or could have been dead. We're having my funeral this morning, but I'm here. And I just want to say, Lord, it's not because I'm so special. But Lord, I just thank you. I thank you. And I think it would behoove us all to demonstrate our trust in God by being a little more grateful and being a little more thankful. We, we were so presumptive that we're going to have this and we're going to have that as if we deserve it. But it's only by his grace and by his mercy that I am here. And somebody just throw both of your hands up and say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Lord, I thank you. And maybe the pain that somebody has been experiencing this week is just a cry for help pain. And God sent it so that you'll trust him a little bit more. I'm about finished. We talked about an adjustment pain. We talked about a moving pain. We talked about a cry for help pain. And now I want to talk to you about an improvement pain. When you think of improvement pain, I want you to think about working out pain. That pain that you're experiencing because you're putting a little more weight on yourself. That pain you experience when you start to run or you start to walk. Some of you know if you hadn't walked or run in a while, you'll have muscles hurting that you didn't know were there. What, what, what is this? What is, what? I didn't know I could hurt right there. What? Come on now. Some of you get that shin pain when you hadn't walked in a while, it hurts right on the front. Lord, what is that? Do I need to go to the hospital? No, baby, you need to keep walking. You haven't used that muscle in a while, and it hurts. This is what I call improvement pain. Another pain, and you don't like it. We're going to talk about it. Sometimes it's that hunger pain. And I'm going to tell you something. When you're dieting and you, and you learn, it's okay to feel a little hungry. Boy, I didn't get any amens on that. It's okay. Every time you feel hungry, you don't have to eat a full-course full meal. You don't have to get you a bunch of snacks every time you feel a little hungry. 
That dieting is taking you through. It's sometimes they call that intermittent fasting. You're, you're learning through that dieting and through that plan that I can work through my hunger pains. And then if I am eating, I don't have to satisfy that little hunger pain with a double cheeseburger and some fries. I might eat, I might eat a little bunch of grapes and, and I'm still a little bit hungry. But I'm doing what's best for my body. I'm going to eat this salad even though I want this 14-ounce steak. And when I finish, I'm still going to feel, well, I'm, not, I'm, getting, I'm, I'm, I'm disturbing some spirits right now. I'm going to feel a little hungry after I eat this salad. But it's okay because it's an improvement pain. I'm training my stomach. I'm training my body to have desires for food that are more healthy for me, that are better for me. No, I won't feel as full as if I got that double cheeseburger, but this is better for me. It is an improvement pain. And some of us, we're in the middle of a pain because we know God has put us along the path and we're following the path and we're feeling a little pain. But I came to tell somebody that is an improvement pain. God is helping you. God's helping you to get better. Oh, you need an example of an improvement pain? Let me tell you. It's when we go on consecration. And you're hurting in your mind and you're hurting in your body a little bit and you're a little bit mad at pastor. But it's an improvement pain. Your mind, your body and your spirit are aligning and you're getting a little better, but it still hurts a little bit. Pastor said fast to three, but, but, but they have these nice honey butter biscuits at work. And it hurts a little bit every time I pass the, the, the room and, and I feel the smell wafting into my nose. And it hurts a little bit that I have to pass it. And I'm a little mad at pastor right now. But I'm improving and I'm getting better. It's like when, you, when you're dieting and you pass your favorite restaurant and if you don't watch it and you don't your hand and eyes and your body is not coordinated with your mind, you'll find yourself in the McDonald's drive through line. And then you realize, oops, I'm supposed to be consecrating. Oops, I'm supposed to be dieting. And it hurts a little bit when you turn out of that line. But that's an improvement pain. Oh, you need some more help? Okay, you're at the dining table with some folks who aren't doing what you're doing. They're not eating like you're eating. And, and while you see the juices sizzling on top of that steak and you're looking at your cold salad, it hurts a little bit that they're eating in front of you something that you can't have. I'm trying to help you right here. But it, it, it is an improvement pain. It's improvement pain. And it also on consecration... It, 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 in your mind, it hurts a little bit when, when you're taking away from watching your favorite television show and I've told you to go read your Bible or spend some time on your knees and your body is mentally adjusting to that, but it is an improvement pain. 
And sometimes for some of you, you just need to wake up a little earlier in the morning to get your devotion in. And it doesn't feel good to roll out of bed and you know you want to roll back in the opposite direction. But it is an improvement pain to get your behind out of bed, to spend a little more time in God's word and on your knees. I'm getting better, but it doesn't feel good. And sometimes the improvement pain is all the evidence that you need that you're getting better. (laughs) You're getting better because sometimes after you've exercised, you, you can still feel in your body, even though you've stopped exercising, it's like your body is still in motion. It's like you have activated your metabolism and your heart rate is up and your muscles are still twitching and it feels a little different, but that is an improvement pain because your body is getting better. And some of you don't get relief from the pain until you put on those pants that you haven't been able to put on in a few years. And and, and when you put them on, it eases the pain a little bit because you recognize that I am getting better. So I want to help somebody today that just because you run into improvement pain, don't stop what you're doing. Don't allow the devil to cause that to deter you from the direction that you're taking. Sometimes improvement pains are just evidence that I'm getting better. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, ask him the question, say, are you hurting or are you getting better? Am I hurting or am I getting better? Oh, you need an example? Sometimes... It takes hurt to get better. In fact, that's how the body operates. What you call a fever is your body killing the infectious germs that have invaded invaded your system. And while it hurts you to have the fever, your body is getting better. Sometimes we have to work through improvement pain. Because God is allowing that situation to make us better. One more thing I want to tell you is not, 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 it's not just, we talked about the adjustment pain. We talked about moving pain. We talked about a cry for help pain. And we talked about improvement pain. But the last thing I want to talk to you about is birthing pain. Birthing pain. And it brings us back to our text. We go to our text and Jesus and the disciples discover this man who was born blind and he was blind from his birth. And the disciples began to immediately misdiagnose him. They misdiagnose his pain. They say, who sinned, Jesus, this man or his parents? They're trying to diagnose his pain and they have misdiagnosed it. And Jesus said, no, it's not that. It was neither him or his parents that sinned, but he said it's rather that God might get the glory out of his life. In other words, God had planted something on the inside of him that caused him pain. But giving birth to what God had put in him is how God was about to get the glory. And see, it hurts. To give birth to something, I wish I had a few women in here. It hurts to give birth to something that is in you. They can give you all kind of medications and they can give you all kind of shots. 
But I wish I had a few mothers in here who say it, it still hurts a little bit. It hurts <laughs> to give birth. Uh, that's a pain, man. We, we can't say amen on that. We have no clue, no understanding, no frame of reference to help us with that. But it hurts to give birth even though there is a plan, even though there is a purpose, even though there's medication and help and assistance, it still hurts a little bit. When you're giving birth to something that's in you. And I want to tell you as people, it hurts similarly because when you're giving birth to your purpose, it impacts the outside. Sometimes your friends that you were cool with for a long time suddenly fall away when you start to align with your purpose. When you align with your purpose, people that you don't even know seem to be at enmity with you, seem to be mad and angry with you. And you're wondering, why are they mad? They don't even know me. But what has happened in the spiritual realm is the devil recognizes that you're in the birthing process and you're in the throes of giving birth to your purpose. Along this same line, this is when the devil works his hardest to throw you off your path. So he'll confront you with things that just need adjustments. So he hopes that you'll throw it away, that you'll give up, that you'll abandon the path because he knows that you're about to give birth to your purpose. You're giving birth to something that is greater than you. You're giving birth to what God put in you. He told Timothy, he said, stir up the gift of God that is in you. You're getting ready to give some birth to something that's greater than yourself, and it's going to hurt a little bit. It hurts in many ways. How does it hurt? It's going to hurt your time. Because you're going to be spending more time on this purpose. It's going to take you away from some things that you might rather do, but because you have to give attention to your purpose, you have to give attention to your baby, other things are going to fall away a little bit. When you become parents, your friends tend to change because single people without kids don't understand. Come on here. They don't don't understand what you're dealing with. They don't understand how you apportion your time. They don't understand. They, they think that they talking about they're tired because they've been at the club all night. Baby, you don't understand been up all night with a baby tired. Come over here with me now. You can't sleep because they can't. They won't sleep. And, it, and nothing worse than can't sleep at night. Sick baby tired. Come on now. The baby got a, little, got a little something in his throat. It coughs a little bit, and every time you get it to sleep, the baby wakes back up. You can't get it to stay asleep, so therefore you can't sleep. And people who don't have your situation don't understand what you're going through. No, baby, I, I can't slip away to run to the mall with you. No, I can't go on, on, on boy, the girlfriend's weekend this weekend. No, baby, I, I can't spend my money on that because I have given birth to something that has changed my priorities. And because my priorities have changed, I think different. I use my resources differently. And God is calling me to do this because I've given birth to something that is greater than me. Given birth to something that's more important than I am. 
And the pain that I went through to get to where I am, I want you to get this. It's worth it. It's worth it. The, the pain that I had to suffer, it's worth it because now God has clarified my purpose. Man, I, I hate to say this, but it's the truth sometimes, and, and many people have acknowledged it. There are some mothers who will tell you having a baby saved their lives because they were on a destructive path and their priorities were out of whack. But having that baby helped them to clarify their purpose. They understood life is not all about me, but I have to give my time and my attention to something that's more important than I am. And when it comes to God, when we're, he's birthing our purpose, we have to understand often we have to give our time and our attention to something that is more important than us. Some of you in the birthing process right now, you're giving birth to something that is greater than you. But I don't want you to fear it because what you give birth to when it comes forth, it's greater than any pain that you have suffered. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Everyone standing to your feet. This is a story. When they encountered this man, they made judgments and assessments about his pain. And I want you to understand people are going to do the same things about you. They're going to misjudge you. They're going to assess you relative to your pain. Some of them are going to think, well, you must not be right because you're going through this. You must have done something wrong like Job's friends did to him. They misdiagnosed Job's pain. They told him he must be an heir. He must be sinful. They didn't understand what God was birthing through that situation. And when we find ourselves there, you know what God is telling us to do? It's time to cry for help. It's time to trust him a little bit more. It's time to depend on him a little bit more. It's time to be more grateful and more thankful for what God has allowed in our lives. So right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we're grateful for our past. We're grateful for where you have brought us. Lord, we thank you that you're even mindful of us. Lord, what is man that thou art mindful of us? Lord, we thank you for giving I us purpose. That each of you Lord, we thank you for designing each and every one of our paths that it fits specifically just to us. Lord, we pray right now, Lord, that Lord, we be more obedient. We be more mindful of what you're trying to teach us in this moment. That we learn the lesson of this trial so that we do not have to repeat it. Lord, that we move when you tell us to move. And Lord, that we fall to our knees and pray when you tell us to pray. And Lord, when we know that we're doing your will. When we experience improvement pains and when we experience birthing pains. Lord, do not allow the devil to distract us from your path because we're giving birth to something that is greater than ourselves. And for that, Lord, right now, we thank you. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. We give you the honor in Jesus' name. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we praise God for you until we shall see you again. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. 
If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.